0: to episode eight of the 2021 edition of the Draft Champions Podcast. I'm here with um, someone that's a little hard to get a hold of, um, the champion of the Sprint Main Event 2020, Jim Tomedy, how you doing?
1: Doing great, great great to be with you here early in open.
0: Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and uh, I'll start off with the congratulations, um, winning a very, very challenging, challenging, contest this year and um how long have you been playing fantasy baseball
1: yeah i i got involved in fantasy football first way back in 2002 with a bunch of my high school buddies and after four or five seasons got the itch to come to baseball which is really my favorite sport and um i i started with uh, kind of that head-to-head points format that CBS Sports was doing. Um, so I'm guessing maybe 2007, 2008, where you get like a point for a single and four for a homer and one for an out and right. you went, went to head, head-to-head. And so, you know, I did that for three or four years and, you know, kind of had some success, but everyone kept saying, if you're into fantasy baseball, rotisserie is the way to go. Uh, and eventually I, you know, decided to give that a go and I remember the very first time I tried it three weeks into the season another owner uh, emailed me and said oh by the way uh, in rotisserie you're allowed to start five outfielders and I've been starting three outfielders Uh, so you know there were some growing pains um, and then eventually I kind of got the hang of it and uh, came over to uh nfbc with the big boys in 2014
0: now um so back in 2007 did you ever think did you could you ever imagine that you would be a guest on the draft champions podcast were you ever were you ever is that is that something that you always aspire aspired to, to do <laughs> since for 12 15 20 years like right. you've just won the sprint event and Bob, uh, well, I guess the better question is: Is is your appearance on this podcast the pinnacle of your fantasy career?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, back in the early years, you know, you you would have to have discussions, you know, with with your wife on why you're spending, you know, so many hours of your spare time, you know, studying and you know, going through the uh, ups and downs uh, of the fantasy foot, you know, baseball season. Uh, and uh, if you're fortunate enough for it to, you know, to pay, uh, you know, to earn some nice money afterwards, it's, uh, you don't really, you don't really uh, envision that when you're starting off. And it's, it's really all about the, the challenge and the camaraderie and all that sort of stuff. But if you can, if you can hit a championship or two along the way. Um, it helps. Uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, icing That on. certainly
0: helps. Um, so, how many leagues uh, do you play in? Um, I know it is challenge. It is it is challenging um, uh, being in one, but uh, and yeah. I'm in I'm in I'm in several. Um, yeah. Not only NFBC, but what, what's your what's your sort of portfolio look like?
1: Sure. So, I have um, I am now doing NFBC only, and uh, I like to start and. Um, November, December, um, uh, you know, it gets cold here in Wisconsin and, uh, uh, you know, you can fig warm thoughts by drafting baseball yeah. players. Um, uh, so I do the, uh, early draft champions, uh, November, December, January, um, at least a handful. And, uh, once February comes, the, uh, online championship is open, uh, the 12, uh, team leagues with, uh with FAB, and uh, so I get going with those and uh, make my draft up to a half dozen or so teams there. And then um, starting in 2019, I threw my hat in the ring for the main event for the first time. Um, and that's, you know, you cap you that off in uh, late March just before the season starts. So this is my second year of the main event. So those are gonna be, uh, I think those will be my three contests.
0: Would you? Would you ever want to? I know they. Don't, I know this is not a possibility. Would you? Would you ever want to join a main event like drafting now, or is it just you're putting up that much money? Is just not something that, like I know most people wouldn't, but you personally is that something that you'd have an appetite for? Because you can. There is advantages to drafting this early.
1: Yeah, I love the I love the early drafts. Um, just to get a sense of the new market, um, and you're working on incomplete information, but you're taking educated guesses about things, um, but it's hard to fork over, you know, 1700 um, this yeah. early in the season. So, um, you know, the online championships are starting earlier and earlier, sometimes in January. So I, if you really need to scratch that itch, um, doing it at 350 a pop, I think is more reasonable.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um all right. Um, before before we get into the agenda, like I, I told you before we started recording, that we did we do have one listener uh, question. It's from a, a good friend of mine, Mike Curlin. Um He's a, he asked me, um, and I don't have it pulled up word for word, but he he asked, "What what is your?" Um, and we we sort of will touch on this uh, as part of the agenda that we put together. But um, what is your what is your uh, prep for a, a typical season? Like not not so much the crazy season. What goes into your prep? And this you can you can answer as detailed or as as um, as high level as you want to.
1: Right. Um, so I think it's um, you know a nice thing about the playoffs is um, you know you're probably not doing fantasy, you can just sit back and watch baseball, and um, you know get a sense of uh, uh, you know the, some of the top players and how they're functioning lately, um, and then then. To me, it's just reading um, and it's reading both baseball articles, um, MLB.com, Athletic, um, MLB Trade Rumors, wherever you get your information and then, you know, hitting your top fantasy sites, fan graphs and others. Um, and the, the amazing thing is, felt like five or six years ago, there was only a handful of baseball podcasts available. And now we've got a proliferation. We've got eager, ambitious guys like yourself who are um, putting out contact, I mean, or content. I mean, five years ago, if you're looking for fantasy baseball podcasting, it felt like only Paul Sporer was doing it in November and December. And now uh, here we are.
2: And now here we are.
1: And you're having amazing guests. And um, so, you know, read about baseball, uh, fantasy baseball, listen to some podcasts, uh, watch some playoffs um and just try to kind of you know start to have a foundation there's all these free agents and uh, players that are uh, no longer on their teams and closers that you don't know where they're going to go that's what makes it fun
0: about drafting now i find it a lot of fun because of the unknowns and uh, yeah i think you can get ahead of like those experts like all the all the articles that will come out later i think you can get you can get ahead of the game uh now especially like You mentioned closers Um, right now. I've I've said this the last two episodes like you're getting guys in the 300s 400s that you know Like just because you know because we don't know that these guys are going to go in the like around 150 come come March So like you said, it's educated guesses, right?
1: Right once once they're named a closer, they'll shoot up but Sometimes you can get some great values just guessing correctly.
0: Yeah Um, so um, Let's talk about the main event and um, uh, you won the sprintmate event this year um, which is no easy noisy easy, noisy easy feet and there's no no there in my, my opinion there's no asterisk there um, <laughs> um, and uh, you also you're not you're not the first time you're not the, this is not the first time you're an NFBC champion because it's it's heavy competition you, you said you did win in 2016 I believe the the OC online championship yeah the online championship and so this is like like <clears throat> in the movie 40 old version you have the guy he's like he's talking about how to, how to groom himself he's like this is no accident this is all premeditated right he's like you think <laughs> this happens by accident this is like the, 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 you winning the main event it's not it's not all accident this all this shit's premeditated right <laughs> <laughs> feels
1: like the olympics every four years i
0: can yeah. championship. Um, no all the, every 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 leap year maybe maybe may yeah well,
1: I, I guess if any you know there was th- I, I was heckled on the NFBC board that you know they they should you know categorize my win under the you know sprint pandemic seasons, <laughs> um, but at least I can point to a full season back in 2016. That's... And, I, and I did notice that the bank cashed the check anyway, so there, there wasn't any asterisk on the check. Yeah,
0: the bank doesn't the bank doesn't see asterisks, right? <laughs> <laughs> So the, the main event. Walk me through. Like um, we talked about it, and, uh, and I'm sure people have looked. at the, All the information public. You fucking nailed. Like your first almost ten rounds, almost ten rounds. Like every, it's like bull's eyes. So why don't you walk me through that uh, first of all, just to get just to wrap our heads around uh, how well you did. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I, I'm from Syracuse, and we follow college basketball. And occasionally, you're watching games where the shooters are in the zone, but. This was my one shining, you know, drafting moment where for the first nine rounds, I think I was in the drafting zone. So um, yeah, you know, I, I ended up with the eighth pick um, and the year before I uh, had my first go, and I, I did quite well in pitching and I did pretty well in hitting, but I ended up 14th out of 15 in stolen bases. And, you know, I tried, you know, after I started off slow, I tried to draft speedsters and I could just never get them. So coming into this year, I felt like that was an area I wanted to correct because that kept me out of the money last year. I was fourth and fifth most of the year. Um, And so when I was looking on who to pick, um, I was thinking of uh, Trey Turner or Trevor Story. Uh, eighth or ninth. Um, I named my team, I always named my team after rock and roll songs, so Call Me the Breeze was the name of my team. So nice. I, was kind of, I was kind of urging myself on to follow through with that. I knew I knew that it's possible that like a deGrom or somebody could um, fall and, and I could shift gears, but I was pretty sure I was going to take a speedster. Um, so I took Trey and then, um, and then I was, you know, in the main event, starting pitching is crazy. It just goes—you know, everyone. If a guy's supposed to go 12th, he'll go seventh. and Yeah. If he's supposed to go in the middle of the second round. He'll go early in the second round. Or, um, and so my top pitcher coming back, and it turned out, um, yeah, Cole and Degrom and Verlander were already picked before we even got to pick eight. So I knew a bunch were going to go, but I was in my mind I was like, I hope Shane Bieber lasts um, to the second round.
0: Um, were you on? Were you on him before the sprint, or was that something? And the
1: amazing thing was I did I think I did ten DCs, and I had zero shares of Shane Bieber because the year before I had gotten Shane in the tenth and eleventh and twelfth round. Right. And that led to a successful year, but now all of a sudden he's going in the second. It can be a little hard to push should, out that. But Good. you
0: should you should be able to sift through that because that's what you do. It's all you're, you're a psychologist, that. right? So you should be able to.
1: put yourself
0: so on the, the couch.
1: True, the true guru should know. And the story, and then what happened was, you know, all the pictures that looked juicy were starting to fall apart right before the draft. So. Verlander you know, and Scherzer had had some injuries in the yeah. spring and then we found out Bueller and Flaherty were way behind you know, mm.
2: in terms
1: of ramping up and uh, earlier I had picked Clevenger early in the second round and one of my buddies lives in Cleveland and a week before I said you know opening days coming around I wish your Indians good luck and I also need Mike Clevenger who I just picked as my ace. And he texted back and said well Word is that Clevenger's still trying to get comfortable on his knee, but he's like, Shane Bieber's going to be the ace of our Indians. He looks great. And then, um, you know, so, you know, it's a, hmm. it's a guy from Cleveland who follows the Indians. but like, You know, lots of people have opinions. And then a day or two later, I'm reading um, Zach Meisel, who writes, who's the Indians beat for the Athletic. And I was always thinking, why isn't Clevenger the open, opening day starter now that he's you know healthy? Because he's right. got three three years of seniority, and Beaver's you know still relatively new.
2: Yeah.
1: And he and Mysel writes a report that basically says, yeah, Beaver has earned this. He, he said Beaver was lights out in the first spring training. He was lights out in the summer training, and we you know you hardly had any information. And he's and he's basically like the entire team is on board with this. Right. So now, so now I'm like, ooh, okay. So then I changed from you know Clevenger in my first main and first OC, and now I started targeting Beaver. Um, and it came back, and the defending champion last year had the pick before me, and I figured he was going to take a picture, and he went with Walker Bueller, and I said, thank you, I'll take Shane Beaver. Um, yeah. So then we come around to the third round. And um, I, had had, I had lots of shares of you Darvish um, in the DCs, but I had them in some OCs that we had to throw away. And I hadn't gotten them in a while. Um, you know, any guy who can throw like seven different pitches, and obviously he's coming off a dominating half season, seemed healthy. Mm-hmm. So I threw in for you. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Those, those two you know, might be the Cy Young winners. Yeah fourth round, yeah, so, you know, fourth round, I was about to take Keston Hira, the defending champ, took him, and then I was kind of, then I I didn't love anybody. I was kind of thrown off, and I went with Brandon Woodruff, who ended up having a good year, and then I just needed hitters, so Manny Machado um, hit well, then Jose Abreu in the sixth was like my MVP just because every game he was getting hits and homers and RBIs. Um, you know, I had Josh Donaldson the seventh. His calf didn't cooperate. That's life. Um, you know, I was playing chicken with closers. You know, I was probably the only team that didn't have a closer going into the eighth. Um, the last guy I kind of liked was still available, so I got Alex and then Another pivotal moment of this draft for me was the ninth round and um at this point the, the dregs were left for closers i mean like the best closer left was brandon workman and guys like jose leclerc and uh just guys that i just really didn't like and i knew i should take a second closer mm-hmm. um but i basically um and then i looked and uh kenta maeda was available
2: and
1: I had a, I had a ton of shares in my original OCs, but you know those got thrown out the window. Right. And um, I had tried to get him in my first two main events, and just before I was going to get him, he got scooped. And I basically said, you know what, I'm going to finally get my Ada, but that means that um, you know the rest of the crappy closers are going to be taken before I pick again, and I'm just going to have to piece together closers. You know, so Dan, I, I, you missed
0: you missed on all the crappy closers that screwed everyone else over, like Craig Kimbrell. You remember who you were like potentially gonna take there if you took a closer?
1: You know Brand I mean Brandon worked the best, but I I just didn't have confidence in him. And he got some saves, but you know he ended up with like a 70 RA. Right. Yeah. Uh, he was the best of the lot now maybe like a Brandon Kinsler, who I didn't believe in might have been there but I just so I just went with Ada and then I said the hell with it this is I said this is a kamikaze move and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one closer mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna um, and so I didn't pick another closer until the 19th round because I mean there weren't any left right and, and it was Diego Castillo
0: so you picked up Trevor Trevor Robson, Rosenthal
1: no, I wish huh? I did. I mean, your Kevin Hastings guy was like the only guy in the country. You know, he's from Kansas City. Everyone else thought Ian Kennedy would close. Uh, Actually, Phil was, Phil Dessault was on him too. There's a few. There's a few guys. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, they had the whole Mike Matheny. You know, used to use. You know, coming in and he used to coach. Well,
0: he's running he like, 100 yeah. miles an hour in spring, spring and summer training. So that. Right, can't be bad.
1: Yeah, I missed <laughs> that. I missed that. But um, the strategy seemed to work, and uh, yeah. So those those first um, those first you know I hit I hit big on eight of the first nine picks, um, and that that set the foundation. And then you know I knew essentially knew when I'm bidding on the waiver wire I'm going to have to find some cities.
0: Right. So you spent big on clo- some closers. Who were who were some of your saviors in terms of?
1: Sorry, saves. Yeah, I just scrounged um, initially in your neck of the woods. Uh, Jordan Romano looked mm-hmm. like he was, uh, you know, he was he was throwing BBs, and uh, it looked like Bass was, you know, mediocre. And um, I got, I, you know, I won the bid like twenty-seven to twenty-six dollars a few weeks ahead of time. Felt good, and he got two saves, and mm-hmm. starting to be like okay. And then, then all he got of a sudden. Hurt. All of a sudden, the middle finger um, is strained, and yeah, and, he, and you need the middle finger in baseball, so <laughs> threw him overboard. Uh, Diego got me a few um, in August. In August, I think Tyler, not Tyler Anderson. What's the, what's uh, the uh, Tampa Bay closer?
0: Um, Nick Anderson.
1: Nick Anderson, yeah. I think Mick Anderson went, did like a 10-day trip to the IL and all of a sudden Diego got back-to-back saves and I was like, maybe this is like 2019 where all of a sudden Emilio Pagan got installed late and I'll just get a bunch of saves. And then after those two saves, they put in Castillo in the sixth inning and, you know, they you know, they did the Kevin Cash thing. Um, so I ended up getting four Castillo saves. Um... Basically, I had, I had the hammer towards the end with um, Fab, and um, Greg Holland came up. And Kevin Again, Gink-
0: for, like a, for like the third time.
1: Right. And, yeah. and, Ke- and Kevin Ginkle looked like he might take over. There were only like three or four weeks left, and I put huge bids on both of them. And the nice thing was that Holland um, got in there and had one win and three saves in the first week. And I was, you know. That's awesome. I was strutting around town. Um, and at the very end, I scooped up Mike Myers, who um, in the final week of the season, Joe can yeah. con- you know, realized that, that since he kept getting six outs in the seventh and eighth inning, maybe we should give him the eighth and the ninth. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. He, looked, he looked there. He looked so good. I got scrounged. I got 24 saves. The top of my league was 25. I had to work for it, man. You know, it wasn't pretty.
0: Oh, you, you grinded. I, gr- so- I grinded it. But did did Ginkle get you anything, or did you just get him? And because I thought it was yeah, um, he, it was Krypton everyone's on Krypton so right. far Ginkle, this year.
1: Ginkle came in against the Dodgers, blew the save, and they brought him back to the alternate site.
0: Yeah, now he's going in like you can get him in like the forties, in like round 40, 45 <laughs> this year. He could be a, like he could be some value in the later rounds this year. Um, I, haven't finish got, finish. I, I haven't got I have him yet. I've done five I've done, I'm in the middle of uh, my fifth DC already. Um, yeah. and I haven't got him yet, but, um, yeah, no, that's, um, you really killed it. Anything else in terms of fab? Like in terms of hitting, like, I know I spoke to, uh, actually, first of all, before I get into a longer question, I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard me say, but I've talked to, um, Kevin who won the TG FBI and, um, and, uh, Rob DiPietro who won the, uh, the draft champions leagues, uh, the overall, all of you drafted Jordan Alvarez. So all the winners got this guy that was, you drafted, in, well, you drafted him in, in the 11th round, uh,
1: um, yeah, <laughs> isn't that a curiosity?
0: Did you? I guess you must. You must have held him for like a, a good. Period uh, yeah, of time. I held.
1: You know, it was like it was like he's not practicing because of knees, even though he's 23 and just hit 40 homers, and then then he had COVID. So I'm like, well, you know, his knees will get a rest and give him give him some Epsom salt baths and you know get rid of this COVID, and we held him and held him, and then I don't know, five or six weeks in. He's finally reinstated and he hits three run homer in the first game and you're petting awesome. yourself Yeah, you're patting that well what a great pick he's gonna you know, he's gonna hit fifteen homers, you know, in the next five weeks and knock him mm-hmm. fifty runs and then the next day he's not in the lineup, you know, because he's too sore after DH and they announced essentially yeah. done to the season. Uh, Well
0: so, it worked out for it worked out for you. Um he, he yeah. Um, I also see that you, you didn't, you know, a lot of people like um, want to invest early and catch your JTR and this year you'll see Will Smith and Sal go quite early, probably before pick 100. You seem to take a middle approach. You don't like, it seems, it, I don't know if this is what something you do in all your drafts, but you didn't, you didn't get, you didn't wait to the end to just get whoever's left like a lot of people do, but you didn't really invest heavily, but you didn't want to get, you didn't want to get stuck with them. Um, it seemed like, uh, like, the bottom tier of catchers is that generally what's your strategy there in general
1: yeah it's nice that you and catch. how do you value them I mean, it's nice if you get catchers who are going to get a bat just for the counting stats you know runs rbis mm-hmm. you know it's nice if you don't have to have a catcher that bats, you know 190 or 200 Right. Uh, so I'm not really interested in the Tom Murphys, even if, or the Mike Zanino's. I even mean, even if they hit 15 homers, I I don't want to carry their 180 average.
2: Yeah, you think uh, it hurts you that
0: badly? So you're not into Gary Sanchez, I guess.
1: Not into Gary Sanchez. No.
0: Um,
1: but it, I'm a Met fan, and you can't draft Yankees. That's so kind of.
0: Are you a Met fan?
1: I am a Met fan. In
0: Wisconsin, uh, not a Brewer fan.
1: I know. I know. I grew up in upstate New York. Okay. And uh, I'm just teasing about the, uh, the Yankees. Um, but uh, Sal Perez, yeah, um, you know, the nice thing about him is uh, he's in the lineup every day catching, and if he's not catching, they DH him. Um, Christian Vasquez, the year before, same thing sort of happened to him. Uh-huh. Um, so, I, you know, I felt like I, I spent, I think, 12th and 15th rounds, so it wasn't crazy draft capital um the interesting thing with sal was you know he was batting i don't know i think he was batting 320 and life was good and all of a sudden he can't see Mm -hmm. um and they take him and they put him on the il and they diagnose it but there's no treatment and i'm just waiting you know trying to keep him on my reserves as everybody else gets injured um and i was tempted um a few weeks to have to throw him back just because I you know you need you need a certain amount of five bodies I up. threw
0: him back in one of mine either I had a main or an OC where I threw up threw back Perez. Yeah. I think just because right. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean sometimes you're just forced. So I was very yeah. close to throwing him back and then he came back from that injury. Killed. He it. just he just killed it. Yeah. Uh, and I and a week before the um, the week before it was over, uh, Christian Vasquez, my other catcher, had two stolen bases one night, and Sal Perez had his fifth stolen base of his career. I got, three, I got three stolen bases from my catchers, and I was like, I think that's a sign I'm going to win. This
2: yeah, this
0: is special. So, um, yeah, and Sal Perez um, did it against uh, the Central Division, which has the best pitching in 20 years, right? he's facing the best pitching but that's I'm I'm being facetious there saying that because you don't know if it was the good pitching or the good hitting so that sort of a segue into my my next question is is there anything like you're going to be just sort of like putting a putting a post-it note on your computer about this year just saying don't forget that like for example 2021 was different and you you can't apply certain things like for example don't like like your bias like like, is there a certain player or is there a certain thing that happened in 2020 that you just are just sort of Just don't forget, this is a 2020
1: thing. Yeah, I mean, what's going to be really interesting is whether there's a DH in the National League. And I assume there would be. And from reading things on MLB trade rumors, there's now now a significant chance they won't enact that to 2021. So that will affect... Uh, NL pitchers in terms of whether they'll get the easy pitcher out, more strikeouts, lower ERA, lower whip, or whether um, they'll have to face the DH. So, I mean, that's a, you know, for us who are that's drafting fair. right now, that is an unanswered question. And I think they've got to answer that within the next month or so, because real GMs will have to figure out who they're dishing money to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just like a catch, a good catcher in the... Um, National League you want the DH there so they can take, you know, when yeah. they're not catching, they don't have to play first base, but they can It helps
0: Real Muto, it helps
1: new, uh, Will Smith, right?
0: Car- Caratini would help a lot, like in the later rounds of these DCs.
1: That's right.
0: Because he might be one of the nine best hitters uh, on that That's Cubs right. team. And I read something today that like uh, I was reading some like bold predictions for trades that might happen. Bryant might be traded. Uh, right. So, or or non-tender, I don't know, but um, yeah. I, I'm you have to. I think you have to make a decision, and you have to. I'm operating under the assumption that there will be a DH next year, right? Um, there should be, and, and that's that that's that's um that's something I'm thinking about when I'm drafting right now. Like specifically, I'm in a draft right now, and I just drafted Jesse Winker now right. in, at pick two in the early two hundreds. Now, right. if there isn't a DH in the National League, that might turn out to be kind of a bad pick, but if there is. I think that turns out to be a, a really, really good pick. Yes. So, like, but there's agree. also also on the hitter side, right? Anyway, I'm trying to think of anyone. no one on the no one from the top of my head really come, sticks out at me other than other than him right now. Just because it's the top of my head, but isn't, is there anyone else that you can that that would their the, the yeah. value would fluctuate a lot? I'm thinking Rockies, but Rockies, Rocky, anyways. It's like no one's <laughs> going to get that full time job regardless, so it's not going to even matter that much. Um, to think. Right. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. well, well, I yeah, mean, a cool. guy, you
1: know, a guy like Don Smith.
0: Yeah, true. That's him. You know, he
1: could play first, outfield, or DA.
0: Well, I think what you're getting, I think you, what you're getting at is JD Davis, because I don't think they're going to take Don Smith out of the lineup at this point. I think I think they might have to have to put him in the outfield if there's no DH, right. and then and then JD so Davis. JD is your Davis, sh- you're yeah. the luck, right? I don't, th- I don't, I don't, I don't think um, Don Smith is going to. He's going to stop playing.
1: Yeah. Dom Smith was my best pickup in, on the waiver wire. And, um, yeah, you know, I was, ho- I was kind of hoping for 270 and a little power and some RBIs. And
0: he was, he was really good. I, he was somebody that I was, that I admit that I was like completely whipped on. I had him nowhere at all. Um, and you said you also picked up Dylan Moore, right?
1: And Dylan Moore was amazing because he was, uh, you know, we found out any guy on Seattle was had the green light. Yeah. So he, and they batted him second, and not only did you get the speed, but you got some power. Um, so and he got hurt for a few weeks, and I kind of held on, and i uh, sure enough, he comes right back and he hits a few homers and steals a few bases and. Uh,
2: yeah,
0: he was good. They got these... they got a lot of players that could come up this year. Um, a lot of there's a lot of options for them there. And, oh yeah.
1: Uh, that's yeah, that, Kel- uh, Kellen excellent Wisconsin high school guy, you know, he's baseball god, yeah. so he's going to uh, join that Julio Rodriguez is supposed to be lights out. And then you got
0: guys like Fraley, like even their outfield, like you got Kyle Lewis in the outfield, and then you Kyle got um, ha- um, Mitch Hanegers, supposed to be back. Um, yeah. you, got, you got both of them. And... Um, Mitch, I think I heard that the, the like the Scott Service said Haneder going to be our right fielder. You know, Kyle Lewis is going to be their center fielder for, for now, and then right. um, a field I can't remember right now. But um, who, I don't know what I can't recall the depth chart. They had Haggerty out there, and then um, it looks you know, like
1: every year there's every year there's a couple teams that are fun and just and just run. And Seattle is one of those teams, and then Seattle. Padres. That, yeah, Padres got a new manager. And even guys like, you know, Manny Machado, who some years decides not to steal, you know, and he saw Tatis was having so much fun that all of a sudden, you know, he's he's cranking out six steals, and, and then uh, Profar and then and Profar got two. seven,
0: and then, like, I was looking yesterday. Well, I was, I was looking. I was surprised because I was thinking the same thing, and I was surprised that Myers only had two. Yeah. He, he does have a history was, of stealing.
1: He was hitting so many homers. that. You
0: know, <laughs> that's he, true.
1: He didn't need to steal bases. But, you know, certain managers, and, and then you could, you know, I mean, Byron Buxton on the Twins could steal, but I think Baldelli was, has basically told guys you can't steal because I don't know. I well, he was, he was
0: hitting two running like, home runs, too. He was a 2 outcome player, home run yes. or injury.
1: <laughs> Poor guy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, you know, it, it's a, it appears to be a philosophy because even the guys with speed on the Twins aren't stealing bases.
0: I think they stole, like, what, like 20 bases all year or something like that?
1: The
0: Twins, yeah, something, yeah, something like that. I mean, yeah, no, uh, they they didn't they did not steal. Other than boxing, who would be the stolen base threat on that team? I don't even know. Um, yeah, I mean Polanco
1: used to steal a handful, but he
0: had an ankle. And um, Donaldson's not stealing. His sprint speed is. uh <laughs> I, look, I was looking. I was looking at his stat cast yesterday. Um, I, I almost. I almost grabbed him in uh, uh-huh. this draft, and I'm like, nah. Uh, like, I know. Like, I know. We sort of talked online about that. And maybe you get into it a bit. And I'm like. Like, I obviously respect your opinion a lot, but I'm, but I, he's, he's sitting there, I pick 190. I'm like, okay. And I don't really, haven't really filled up my corners yet. Do I take Donaldson yeah, 190? I'm like, he's like, I don't want to deal with like four weeks or six weeks of him with a bad yeah. cash. Like, I just can't do it. I can't take it. Right. I'm out. I'm out. So, I know you said I know maybe you want to uh, talk about Donaldson. You said you're not as out as me and some of the other boys. Yeah, yeah, you
1: and I heard you, you know, might the mouth bad mouth again. Yeah. But if, I, you know, if if we could envision uh 2021 full season 162 games. And if I told you that Donaldson's final stats are 35 homers, 110 RBIs and he bats 262, what would you say?
0: I'd say I, I would draft him in the 5th round.
1: Yeah, but you'd also say he was healthy. Yeah. And he didn't relapse with the calf because his skills are still there. So if yeah. you're going to bet on Donaldson, you're betting on health and that there won't be a major relapse of his calf.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't make that bet,
1: though. Would, would because you? If you made that bet in 2019 with the Braves, mm-hmm. that's what he did.
0: Yeah, if you made the bet in two thousand twenty, you lose. So yeah, so you win the bet. You, you win the bet when he's thirty three. You lose right. the bet when he's thirty four. Right. What do you do when he's thirty five?
1: Yeah, uh, am I yeah. changing? So,
0: am I changing your mind? <laughs>
1: well, right. So it's a risk, and some guys are you know Nelson Cruz's. and the guy. If you bet on Nelson Cruz and Big Poppy when they were thirty five and thirty seven and thirty nine.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, here, here's the thing: in a in a draft, Champions League it's a lot different than like a main event. If if he's there at 190 in a main event, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll jump on it. But like, there's no there's no waivers in this league, so I don't want to deal with the injury. I think it's a different beast, right? And maybe okay. that's that's another question for you. How, like, how how do you what are some of the differences in, in drafting a DC or 50 round 50 rounds, no waivers, uh, no waivers versus a 30 round other 15 team league where you do have a bench in of I think seven or eight, seven, I think. So yeah. and and um you get to play fab, right? How how do you um how do you differentiate your strategy?
1: It feels like a different animal. Um obviously you've got to focus on depth in the DCs. Um so you know I feel like you gotta get three first basemen, three second, three short, you know. Um, whatever, eight or nine outfielders, four or five catchers, because if somebody is out for the year, you know, you can't afford zeros in our game, period, whatever game you're playing. So you got to play the depth game, um, but you can take some, I mean, you're going to take some injury risk guys when you're um, cranking out 50 players. Uh, and I, I don't, you don't want to take, I don't, you don't want to take four guys with chronic injury problems in your top twenty rounds. You're just asking for it. But can you afford one or two? Maybe. Right. Um, uh, you know, and and uh, I guess you need saves and the DC, and um, so you got to you got to figure out um, how much how many resources you're going to put into early round closers, and then you're probably going to take some setup guys, and then you may decide, I'm gonna take the top three guys in the Reds bullpen. In case Iglesias gets hurt, I'm gonna take Archie Bradley and Mike Lorenzo and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, some, some other hot shot comes up and Amir Williams is the one who gets all the saves. And you know, Amir Garrett. Amir Garrett? Amir Garrett, yeah, yeah. so. Um, uh, yeah, so it's it's a different, it's a different those are different animals to me.
0: How many relief pitchers do you generally take in a, in a draft champions league?
1: Uh, yeah, I probably I try to take two or three closers and then like four or five either setup guys or you know seventh eighth high leverage guys. Right. Um, but quite frankly, that's the one area that uh, there are seasons where I end up fifteenth in um, in saves. I've even won I've even won D C leagues where I, I one year I had two total saves. But sometimes there's like a situation like um, you know, is Carlos Martinez gonna close for Saint Louis or Gallegos or someone and you, you pick the wrong one or you pick Will Smith and it's Melanson and you take him in the twelfth or thirteenth and then you get it from them, and then all your setup guys don't materialize, and you, um, and you, you just end up essentially putting saves even though you weren't int- intending to. Um, whereas um, your know, Rob DiPietro took Ryan Presley, while Asuna was you know the man, and Presley had had some injuries at the end of the previous year, and sure enough, Presley gets in there, and
0: mm, that was that was that was that was the league-winning pick. And, and
1: kills it. Yeah. Yep. So, um, no, he's
0: not. He's not, not going to win the overall.
1: Right. And, and especially if you're drafting these in December or January, you know, yeah. there might be a dozen clear cut closer things, but there's a lot of things up in the air and there's free agents that haven't even been picked yet. Um, so, you know, so I don't have, I, I wish I need to do better with closers um, in DCs. So, it's just kind of an area that. I may try to push push up a few guys here and there.
0: So would, would you, when you're, when you're looking at like the later rounds and you're looking at these other relievers, what profile do you um, target more? Do you, pro, do you do you target a profile? I'll give you an example that I'm just thinking right now. The, a guy that looks like he could be once once all the on paper closures are gone, you, right. you target a guy that would be quote unquote next in line, say like a bass in Toronto? Or would you be more prefer targeting guys like, um, like an AJ Minter or like, um, um, like a Matt Whistler or Lucas Sims may be bad example because he might not be even, he might be a different, he might be in a different, uh, bag, but like right. a Minter, a Minter or a Whistler with really, really good ratios or like some of the Chicago White Sox guys, they had a whole bunch of guys like Foster and, right. and, uh, I forget some of the other names, but, um. They had, a, had like at least three guys with like lights out stuff, um, but they but they would but their path to the closing is a lot less clear than a guy like Bass who, like right. say like maybe say he's like next in line, right? Yeah.
1: Um, I don't have a crystal clear answer for that. I mean, you love it if, um, you know, you love it if they can strike out a lot of guys and they don't walk too many and they've got you know. 98 mile an hour fastball. Well, those guys don't grow on trees. Um, if they pitched high leverage in the previous year, um, that is definitely a plus. Um, but every now and then some of these guys that their peripherals don't look great, the Brandon Kinsler types, you know, they, yeah. they, they're favored and they get a crack at it and they hold it even though Uh, even though he hardly struck out anybody and he got wobbly, he just, uh, so there's something to be said for having the job um, or being in the top two. Um, But, uh, but I also try to find a few guys who look to be, um, who look to have that profile of a dominating closer and have done it in the seventh or eighth inning of the previous year.
0: Right. So it's, I guess it's like the classic opportunity versus skill um or baseball versus football F- football being opportunity and baseball being skill generally um yeah but um yeah. A, that's a a tough one to that's a tough one for me to always look at um right. so like one, one of the questions that i'm most interested in talking to guys like people like yourself is how like do you have a ta- do you determine you have like a way of determining what positions you're targeting at a certain time um like this comes down to like a, this is a, a roster construction um team build type question in certain Positions or categories like pitching at a certain time or steals at a certain time, um, like in the draft. But like when when do you think it's like optimal? Because that's really the million dollar question, really. I think
1: optimal is good. You know, I think part of it depends on your drafting position. So one of the great things about NFPC is the Kentucky Derby system. So you can, you know, if you're interested in picking in the top three, you can put that preference in or if you like if you're like it in the middle or some guys like the you end know, of the wheel um, I like to draft from all three positions because at least in the first three or four rounds the um, the players available are very different and then sometimes you get a sense that oh yeah I really like drafting from the middle this year or I really like drafting from one of the ends um, once I mean, once you pick that first guy uh, you know, I mean, speed speed is scarce, uh, but so are uh, some of the aces. Um, you know, so you know we we know what the ten categories are, but you know we all want the, the dominating starting pitchers, but there's only ten of those, or maybe fifteen, depending on your definition, and. Um, You know, we love the five category hitters, but the fact is, if you want one of those by the middle of the first round, Acuna and Tatis are gone. Um, And then, you know, you always have the dream that, you know, you're going to draft Giancarlo Stanton uh, back in 2017 when he hit 59 homers and didn't kill your batting average. I think he hit 280 that year, or Pete Alonso the year before. And this year it was Luke Voigt. So, you know, you, 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 you or the there's guys who draft Aaron Judge have that dream, um, but it's just hard to repeat. And then the speedsters are, um, you know, Ricky Henderson is retired and uh, the great Lou Brock and Joe Morgan just died. There aren't that many guys that can steal bases and have the hit tool and hit for power.
0: You dropped uh, any of those guys last year? Henderson Barack?
1: and Brock? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Trey Turner was my uh, Ricky Henderson. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. interesting. You, you draft Trey Turner, and then you think you can relax for steals. And 19 games into the season, Zach. Yeah, it was, nothing. It was it was August 17th. You're a third of the way through the season. The number of steals Trey Turner has is a big fat zero.
0: Yep.
1: He had been thrown out, caught stealing three times. So you know all the all the guys who you know felt good in the first round were at the bottom of their stolen base standings and then he then he did his trade turner thing and still 12 out of 13 in the last month but then he just started hitting home runs and he was going three for five and four for five every game and he just um he just turned it on so anyway that felt like a a bit of an old ricky henderson and his
0: batting average really was really helpful this year well, He's, uh, i feel like turner sort of turned the page um, the same way that uh, Altuve turned the page maybe a couple years ago in his best year.
2: Yeah, I feel like
0: yeah. that, um, because he was so valuable in terms of his speed and then so was Trey Turner. But now like Trey Turner, I, I was never drafting Trey Turner that early because he really lost a lot of RBIs and home runs. But, he, but he's really shown that he can now be very valuable, like a little bit more valuable in the power category this year. And I think I believe it. Um, he's just... Yeah he's got a little bit of that old man, old man strength now.
1: Yeah. Just a complete player. I mean, um, yeah. I remember he
0: said like in 2019, he's like, imagine what I could have done with my thumb, right? That's something Mm -hmm. that he he was sort of like a cocky comment on his end. I'm like, Hmm. Oh yeah. Um, because he was playing with like a broken thumb, like I think part of the season, he still like killed it. Right. And um, he's like, like, just watch what I can do when I have a a good hand. Yeah.
1: He's a player. He's, he's in his prime. Um, yeah, I and mean, in that year he broke his finger bunting on a rare bun attempt after he had started off the year and then he came back eventually and hit well and, you know, hitting on a busted finger, you know, is tough but, uh, but yeah, he just, he just poured it on after that slow start running and, uh, uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was huge. So, uh, you know, the After the first four rounds or so, all the rest of the players left in the pool have warts. And so certain guys strike out a lot, other guys are old, some guys, you know, don't have, maybe only have a half a season in the major leagues or they're minor league stars. Um, um, Some guys have, you know, stopped running. So all of a sudden, the rest of the draft, you know, you got to just kind of feed, you know, the guys are still available because there's something about them that isn't overly appealing and now you got to make your way and, and build your roster.
2: Now, Before we get
0: into um, I guess our draft and um, I think we've touched on fab we, 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 I, we had a section in our agenda on fab but we really t- we talked about that already so let me know um, uh, after after we talked about this after I asked you this last question if we should go back to fab or if we should just jump into our, our draft mm-hmm. but my last question is um, you being from Wisconsin, um, you can list three at least three players: um, JD Martinez, Javier Baez, and then your boy Yelich. Um, Yelich actually, I think Yelich had very very similar statistics to the Cincinnati Reds catchers as a whole um, <laughs> last few, last year. I think the, the exact number of home runs, like pretty very very close bounding average. So, <laughs> what are, are you? Um, maybe you can we can put Bryant and Altuve in there. You don't have to talk about all of them, but. Um, is there any, are, are there any one of those that, yeah, that you, that you see some evidence of about, like, uh, the, this is just a blip in the radar or, some, or just an
2: anomaly? Uh,
1: you know, a regression. We think a regression of the mean, they're coming back down to the baseline, but this, this would be progression of the mean. All these guys uh, should bounce back. You know, they've all had amazing careers, and they have high baselines. And from, I mean, from Yelich to go to MVP to essentially co-MVP with Bellinger before he got injured at the end of the year to batting 200 and striking out and you know not not, hitting home runs and running is you know it's just a, I mean, you know, he cratered, but he's still young and in the prime of his career. He was coming off that. Little knee injury at the end of the year. Um, it's hard to know what happened, um, but um, regression to the means suggests he should bounce back to uh, the 2018 and 19 Yellich. Twice going in
0: the first round, I would imagine.
1: That's at the end of the first round. I scooped him up, from pick 13 in our draft. Um, yeah, and I was happy about that. JD Martinez, I you know, uh, yes, he's older. Um, I w- my sense is that um, you know the Red Sox uh, deciding to trade away Mookie Betts was had to be soul crushing to any of the competent Red Sox players. It's hard to, it's hard for them to you know. He rejuvenated going into the season. Yeah, I guess you deal um, with it
0: different ways. J.D. Martinez decided to suck, and <laughs> Xander Bogars decided to just steal bases.
1: <laughs> you know, Xander, Xander did fine. Devers had a slow start and came back. Uh, J.D. complained about the video. I mean, he's a D.H. D.H.s have to, you know, they can't go out in the field and you know immerse themselves in the game, so he would probably go and study the video. So we'll see if that comes back, but I, I expect he'll get back close to his... Glory days. Um, who else did you mention?
0: There? Altuve, Bryant,
1: oh, yeah. Brian mean, right, Bias had the
0: same video thing, right?
1: Did he video thing and Bias talked about. You know, he's a flashy player. He talked about feeding out the energy of the Wrigley faithful and the fans, and I could see that. I mean, he's a showman. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, he's It's, gonna, it's actual, gonna be too bad when there's
0: no fans next year too, though.
1: Right, so we'll, we'll have to see how that works there's not gonna be
0: There's not going to be fans next year, I don't think.
1: Uh, right, I mean, that's an unknown. Um, but yeah, I think he, if he's dropping the fifth or sixth round, you seriously consider he's still got a lot of swing in this, but he's fun to watch when he's in that zone. So I think he's a guy that you um, would seriously consider. Chris Bryant, is that's, a, that's an unbelievable enigma how far he has slipped. Um, and obviously, I don't, you know, I mean, Corey Seager wasn't healthy for a while. You know, obviously he had the Tommy John, and then he came back. Um, and last year, the year before, he was decent, but nothing special. But, he, I mean, you essentially saw what a young superstar can do when, when they're fully healthy. Can Chris mm-hmm. Bryant, can he get back to health in a groove and, you know, go back to shades of whatever, 2000? 15 or 16 uh, if if you pick him in the 10th round and he he you know Corey Seeger's it those people are you know you're going to be interviewing those people a year from now during Champions Week
0: no I'll still interview you you're coming next next year can you just can we book you now <laughs> this, this is great no this is great I'm learning so much I don't even care who wins next year I want you back next year
1: Uh-oh. November okay.
0: 1st November 1st 2021 book in your calendar
1: well, thank you. That's that's very kind. In 2016, Rob Silver won the main event.
0: Yeah, Canadian boy, representing.
1: Yes, I mean, and um, I I was fortunate to win the online championship that year, so I felt a kinship with Rob. And then, you know, a week later, Paul Sporer interviewed Rob and you know, tell us your tips of with how to you know of how you crafted that championship team.
0: So what about Altuve?
1: I think he did do Altuve, didn't he? No, no. So so now you're talking about, yeah, so now you're talking about, uh, well, Altuve bounced back. Um, Look good in the playoffs. That's harder. The thing about Altuve is he seems like he has lost his stolen bases, which was one of the things that separated him. So he's no longer running. Uh, I I never fully believed in the power. I believed in the hit tool and the speed. Um, although he had a couple good power years, um, and, yeah, he was, he was in a funk this year, um, and he had those knee problems that cropped up like in back-to-back years. So he's probably still has the hit tool, but um, it's hard, you know, to me I've got more, uh, uh, you know, I'm not quite as bullish on Altuve, um, but now he's probably, how
0: far has he slipped in six? It depends, it's, it's, it's a huge range. Like I've seen him go, like, um, I've, taken him at, I've taken him at 125, I've seen him go a bit later, like in the 140s, but then ice in the draft i mean, right now, he went in the fifth round early. Okay. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a, right now it's hard to say, it's a huge variance. So I think what, I think from what I've heard from you is, um, Yalik you're in on at their prices. You're in on Yalik for the price, you're in on JD for the price, you're in on Baez for the price. Um, it looks like you're, you, you got some, you're in on Bryant for the price. It sounds like, um, like you're not out on him for where he's going. You're, but you might be out on Altuve, but you're, and you're in on, we didn't talk about him recently, but Donaldson is another guy that kind of fits in that category. It sounds yeah. like you're in, you're, you're in on a, a lot of these guys.
1: I'm just being open-minded the last year's bums. These guys, these guys had amazing baselines, and things went poorly, and now the market could overreact. And, and that might be a buying opportunity, but I, I, I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna actually take the leap for Brian. I had a, you know, we. I think all of us had opportunities to take Brian in the fifth and sixth round this year, and I think he dropped to maybe the seventh. And I was nice. I was tempted a little bit, but I didn't quite do it. Um, but it, it depends on how far he drops, and we'll see in spring training if there's any signs that he's starting to scald the ball. And, uh, you know, if you get any reports that just suggest that maybe he's, you know, going back to his early years or any any encouraging reports, then maybe.
0: Mm-hmm. I put out, I put out a poll because I was curious on Twitter. Um, br- who would you rather have, Bryant and his cast, or Josh Donaldson and his Cavs? And Josh Donaldson and his Cavs won that poll um, pretty handily. However all of the actual that's easy to vote on Twitter because you're not putting any money in. It's sort of like, a, it's basically like doing a mock draft. Um, but I, but in these money drafts, when you're putting 150 bucks on the line, it's almost um, uniform that Chris Bright's going significantly ahead of Josh Donaldson in these drafts. Okay. That's, that's what I've noticed so far. So um, yeah. it's just a, uh, but, uh, I, so I guess of all those guys, you're, you're the least, like you're, you're, you're looking at out of those six, the least probably, so just by look, looking at your, judging your
1: mannerisms. And... I, I think
0: so. Yeah, okay. Um, so but when, but then before... again, it's
1: only, you know, it's November 1st. So, you know, we have the right to, you know, okay.
0: change. I'm not gonna hold you to it. Okay,
1: thank you.
0: Um, so before we get into our draft that we, that we did with them, um, that MTM facilitated in, honor, in your honor, uh-huh. uh, because you are the 2020 sprint champion, Um, Is there anything else? Um, I don't think so, but was there anything else in terms of fab you wanted to mention?
1: Yeah, I mean, in fab leagues, the the levers we have are to, you know, to draft, to set our lineups Monday through Thursday and Friday through Sunday for hitters. And then the third thing is to scoop up players. So, um, you know, put some time into Sundays and, um, you know, look for look for talent or opportunity or guys that might have four game weeks and playing at Baltimore or at Colorado, or, you know, you may have a weak spot in the lineup where you can just look for a mediocre player who's got great matchups. And, um, you know, were, you, were, you, that, were you looking at
0: the matchups and just maximizing it bats? Like a lot of the other guys that I've talked to, like, is that, is that something that you've um, made a, made a point to focus on as well?
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, I do the foot. I do the uh, fantasy football thing where you always start your studs. So, I if, if Jose Abreu or Manny Machado had two, you know, only played Tuesday and Wednesday, I put them in anyway because right you know, they're, pop, they're popping home runs almost every day. Um, but there are certain guys that um, you know, if you have Willie Adamas with a four-game week and um, you know some other relatively, you know, Corey Dickerson. Uh, with the two or three game week for your utility, you know, throwing Willie Adonis, gets, you know, four or six extra bats, chances yeah. for whatever runs, RBIs.
0: Now, um, a lot of people, like that. that is a strategy where you want to maximize that bats, like like the example you just gave. Does that, would that make you more inclined to um, not just accept that your batting average might suffer because of that? or Or are you more of the mindset that, I need to really get uh, anchor my batting average in my with my early picks. Like, what, what sort of camp do you fall in there? Like, are you are you more yeah. accepting that, okay, I'm not going to get a 15 out of 50. I'm, I'm not going to just kill my I'm not going to kill my batting average because I'm going to focus a lot more on volume and I'm going to have that advantage over right. someone I mean, like batting, yeah, someone like myself? Average. Or are you more saying, oh, I need to really anchor my batting average to keep that really high?
1: I mean, batting average is nice, but sometimes it doesn't quite work out that way. Sometimes you're Drafting Brian Reynolds, thinking he's going to hit 300, he hits 177. <laughs> line, and, yeah. Uh, um, know, did, and how, how, so uh,
0: How did you finish in batting average in the main, the, the main that you won? How did you, um, how did you fare? I didn't look it. At-
1: that's a good question. It was pretty high. I'm, uh, I'm guessing it was like 277, 278. Okay, so um, but you you know, I got so I got lucky too with Dom Smith. You know, I pick him up as on the waiver wire, expecting 270, and you get 340. Yeah. And, and you know, and I expected Jose Abreu to get to hit 280, and he hit. Well, he actually, he, he slumped in the last week of the season down to like three three seventeen or something. But you know, some guys overperform there. Um, you
0: should have benched oh, him. What were you doing? What's that? You should have yeah. benched him. What, what were you thinking?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's such a cool dude. Uh, White Sox are so fun to watch hit. That whole lineup is so yeah. fun to watch hit. I just They're wanted a, a piece. I wanted a piece of the White Sox lineup. And there's like six great hitters in that lineup.
0: That's like the, the Braves. I feel like I want a piece of that Braves lineup this year. Oh,
1: yeah, the thing that killed me is I'm in first place. and trying to hold on the last three, four weeks of the season. And then the Braves are scoring 29 runs in a game. And I don't oh. have any Braves on my team. So there was one out.
0: day this year that I was in one league. And I had um, – it wasn't an FBC league, but it was, it was like a, it was, a, it was, it was a hundred and a hundred or $150 league. So it wasn't, it was like a draft champions buy-in and I went from like, I think seventh place into second place. Like in the, that day, I probably remember that day, the one Dave Duvall had like three home runs. I had Duvall, uh, Akuna, everyone. It vaulted me like literally like 20 or 30 roto points in that one day. It was insane.
1: I hear you. My, my, my Albies. Yeah. Oh, I remember that day because like all the, you know, a bunch of guys who are in the top 10 have Freddie Freeman and Duvall. And I'm watching these guys, you know, close my nice gap and go on. I can't. And then, you know, teams like the Yankees would score 19 runs and lose hitting homers. I had one glorious day where I had, I picked Brad Miller as a uh, as a reserve and put him in my corner of infield. And, and I had Colton Wong as my second baseman. And, um, Brad Miller had seven RBIs, and Colton Wong went four for four with four runs scored. And yeah, it was just beautiful to watch.
0: Oh, that's fortunate because that, you probably weren't you probably weren't thinking Colton Wong and uh, Brad Miller are the, the the second coming of Jesus Christ, um, and you're probably thinking they have it was had to do with a lot with the schedule and doubleheaders, right? It,
1: it was it was amazing. I, yeah, I drafted Colton for a handful of steals, and that's what he gave us. But you know. Yeah runs and steals it was good enough um, so yeah, you get some of those glorious days um but yeah that that scared the hell out of me with, when 20 teams <laughs> are scoring 29 runs and you don't have any of them so yeah, yeah you know really, there's really certain lineups me. that you just want you know and part of me wanted Donaldson because I wanted a piece of that what I thought was going to be a great twins lineup and obviously re-injured and never
0: yeah that was one of the things that hurt me this year was Sano, Donaldson Garver I had quite a bit of exposure to all three of them in particular Sano which didn't work
1: out. right yeah and so now if he ever hits 250 and stays healthy he could be one of those 50 home run guys
0: yeah he could that's what i was hoping for this year and it didn't work out and now i'm sort of staying away from him he's going right. in the early 200s now which um could be which could be a good value yeah so do you want to take a look at our draft
1: yeah let's let's take a look at our draft.
0: i'm going to pull it up draft results pull it up by round. So I have it. I just have that by round uh, right now. And like I think you already mentioned that um, you, you snagged Christian Yalik at pick 13. Um, I've seen him go earlier already this year than that, but um, can't go wrong there. Um, I have to say I would have, I would have taken them. I would have taken him as well at that point.
1: I mean, Mike, Mike, the mouse said he was doing this draft in my honor and then he gives me pick 13. I mean, <laughs>
0: <laughs> which one, which one, what would, what would you have wanted? What what is uh what is your preference this year? Are you still uh, are you still point, at
1: this point? It's too early, yeah. but early, earlier than thirteen, I'll tell you that. But yeah, you know, there's there's like ten guys you salivate over, and, but you know I think I thought I actually thought Yellow might fall, so I'm, I'm I'm pleased with it.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's that's pretty good for pick thirteen.
1: Yeah, we'll take that.
0: So any other any observations, good or bad picks Have you, you see in this draft? What do, you want to, what do you want to talk about with respect to this draft? Anything that sticks out to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Um, you know, I got Kent Maeda in the ninth, in the main, was one of my, you know, profitable picks. Now he's going in the fourth. Um, you know, Jose Abreu, I loved in the sixth and seventh last year. Now he's going in the third, you know, so it's, yeah. it's um, you know, of course the guys who killed it um, now are coming at a hefty price tag so you really have to adjust to that. Yep. Um, and so you know some of those guys that delivered good feelings last year you know you have to figure out if you're going to reinvest at their costs or move on to somebody else and try to find next year's Jose Abreu and I Maeda. So that's mm-hmm. our challenge. Um, One bad year, I mean, Patrick Corbin goes from, um, you know, a great year in Washington, regular season, dominating, pitching the seventh game of the World Series, and then um, really takes a huge step back. He dropped all the way to the 12th round.
0: Yeah, he's been dropping even further in some drafts, and, like keeping going, like, really late, you know, like after, like, even, like, the next tier of pitchers
1: you know, Right. Drop. Right, right, right. Chris, Chris Paddock took a pretty big drop as well, which is yep. understandable. Come, you know, went from the, the glory boys, the amazing rookie year, to uh, very mediocre. So he was he was back down to the ninth round in our draft. Um, so yeah, you have to kind of figure out what went wrong and whether you're going to um, try to jump in for a discount or is there something truly broken. Obviously, both Corbin and Paddock are more two pitch pitchers. So
2: did you
0: take Did you take Corbin? I know you took Paddock. I see. Did I took
1: you t- I did not take
0: Corbin. Corbin, but, in the draft I'm in right now, he went in the twelfth, the mid twelfth round. So,
1: yeah.
0: So around picks 175 is where he's where, where he just went.
1: Right, I think I I think I scooped up Donaldson in our twelfth round. I
0: think. You did, you did scoop up Donaldson in the twelfth.
1: I have. Faith. I have faith, and I'm superstitious. My two thousand sixteen online championship, my first round pick was Josh Donaldson, so he's been on two championship teams.
0: Well, he needs a third. I ring. might just
1: keep picking him every year, just for the hell of
0: Well, yeah. if you, can, if, you can, if you can nail your first nine picks without him, then you can you can afford to pick him again.
1: <laughs> I also have something for Mookie Betts owners. I have Mookie Betts as my second round pick on that 2016 online championship. And Mookie, in odd years, performs somewhat shakily, and in even years, he kicks ass. Hmm. So I got him in the 2016 middle of the second round because in 2015 was lackluster. Right. And then two, and then he kicks ass in 16, 17 is shaky, comes on great in 18. Now 19 was pretty good. But twenty is even better. So he's like the
0: San Francisco Giants. So he just does well in the even years.
1: It could be. It uh, could be. I think there's some. You'd have to consult a neurologist, but there might be something to that. <laughs>
0: um, anyone? Anyone this year that you're that you're that you're avoiding at their at their um, what it, what appears to be their cost?
1: Uh, not necess- uh, Not yet. I mean, it's only one draft. Wow, I'm just looking. Um, Vl- Vladi
0: went pick 27 in this draft.
1: So, yeah, that that's high.
0: That's really high. I'm just that's high. just just looking at it.
1: I've, I've, yeah, I've heard some people bad mouthing Vladi. Yeah, but They're supposed um, to be second coming. And yeah. you, you Canadian guys, should know what it, how are you, have you given up on him?
0: His raw skills are off the chart, but he looks like he's. It looks like he's uh, going to challenge, um, what's his name for to a hot dog eating contest?
1: Um, <laughs> Joey, Joey,
0: Joey Chestnut.
1: Well, okay. Well, speaking, he, yeah, of, I know he, speaking of physiques, did you see Lance Linton this year? Yes, I did. So he had the lumberjack beard, but I mean, back in the day, it was guys like Sid Fernandez who had those big bellies. Yeah, he looked
0: like he put on the COVID 20. <laughs> but um, you know, he's a switch hitter. Lance Lynn? I did not know that. He's a switch hitter. It's just, it's just, it's just absolutely irrelevant.
1: Um, and it's hard. You know, Lance Lynn, it was like a joy owning him for almost the entire year. Lance last Lynn, week. Even, he, he even went into Colorado and pitched a complete game this year. And then the and then last week of the season, he gives up nine runs. Yeah. I had, I had Lynn
0: in both the main events that I did. Yeah. I liked him a lot heading into this year.
1: Right, I, mean, I
0: still like him this year. He's go, he's going, he's going later than I would have. Um, actually, there's quite a big a, bit of variance in terms of where he's going. I don't think people have right. quite settled on where they want to put him yet. Yeah. Right. I
1: mean, we love guys who throw innings.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think that Rangers Stadium is going to be um, deceivingly really, really good for pitching. Yeah, I'm
1: with you.
0: I don't think I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's been captured yet. I think it will be eventually. I don't think that's really been captured yet in, in I guess people's assessment of yeah. of like in particular Lance Lynn
1: right. Supposedly Joey Gallo was intimidated by the dimensions early on. He was talking about how hard it was to hit it out, but it didn't seem to.
0: What did he say? He's like, oh man, with these fences, I don't think I can hit two hundred. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh poor Joey! Didn't see the Texas Stadium. Didn't seem to scare Randy at Rose no,
0: no, it did not. <laughs> um, he is a different story. So, anything else with this draft that you want to look at? Do want to? Do want to? Did you want to look at some of the, your picks or someone else's picks? Like, or do you want to get into, or do you want to get into um, some later later on picks that you want to? Uh, yeah,
1: I, you know, I found um, you know the, the fun thing about draft champions is there's a chance you can find unearth some gems from around, from around 30, you know? Okay. So eight, this is, this is good,
0: This is going to be how we end the episode. Um, yeah. Let's, some, let's do that. Some, some, some of, some Jim Tomlin sleepers. These are, my,
1: these are my sleepers that I did not draft, but I, I respected the six owners who drafted them.
0: Okay. Do me a favor. Don't say my name. If I've taken him, I don't, I don't want I don't want the cred, I don't want the credit and on the show because I don't want to give away players that I'm you don't, I'm you don't
1: want giving. me to give away all right I will tell them that one of these is your picks but they'll you know okay only but only one all right round 31 Harrison Bader now right now people are off Harrison Bader but in 2018 Bader steals 15 bases bats 264 his defense in center field is crazy good. Outfield is kind of up in the air for the Cardinals. Um, right now he's batting late, but if he gets and he and he always mashes lefties, if he can figure out righties, he could you know he could steal twenty bases for it. Round thirty one, I think it's a good,
0: good gamble. Yeah, I am, I agree. I, I think I agree with everything you just said.
1: Round 32, Elvis Andrus. Now, he, you know, he's, I think Texas is stuck with his bad contract. Um, but if he, if he bounces any, back anywhere near his baseline, for years he hit 260 and stole 25 to 31 bases. Just, just in 2019, he stole 31 bases. If he could get back into playing time, why, could, why couldn't he bat 260? And you know, even even though he's getting a little older, why couldn't he steal 20 more bases? Round 32. Uh, yeah. I mean, Texas has got to play him if he's making 15 million or whatever. Yeah, he's
0: uh, making 14 million in the next two years, and it's a Scott Boris contract. But he is 32, and um, you know how that fares for your stolen bases. But yeah, uh, yeah, round 32.
1: And I think it'd be even better if if Texas offloads him somewhere. He could get a fresh start with the new team. I mean, this is a guy who. Yeah. Well, I was able to bring it. All right, round 33. D.J. Stewart. So D.J. is only 26, former first-round pick, and he actually had a pretty good showing at the end of the year. You know, anyone is going to hit half their games in Camden, we like. So he had seven dingers in 31 games. He can take a walk, had a good on-base percentage. Um, you know, the... Baltimore outfield is kind of guys like Austin Hayes who gets hurt and Anthony Santander who had a great year, but then he hurt his oblique and stuff. Um, so, anyway, any guy who bats third, fourth, fifth, sixth for the Orioles and has uh, four games at home mm-hmm. got power potential. Round yep. 33 DJ Stewart. Okay. You know, and I drafted Santander in the 21st round of the main event. Um, before he got, at the time he got injured, he had the fifth most RBIs in the American League. I think it was eleven homers, thirty-two RBIs in six weeks. And I, you know, trapped twenty-first round, and he was, he was just, you know, he was batting third or fourth. So anyway,
0: yeah, all these guys in the Orioles look like they just ate eight, eight steroids. DJ Stewart and uh, <laughs> Santander, like uh yeah. and, DJ, he, and
1: he's,
0: he's big, had- big boys.
1: He's a, big, he's a big guy, and he's had, like, lower leg injuries and concussions and these little fluky injuries. And if he ever stays healthy, he's got a chance. Round 37, okay. Joe, he- Joe Jimenez. Now, lots of people loved him going into the season last year for Detroit. And the plan was, let's get him a dozen saves in the first half, and then Detroit will, you know, send him to the contender. Jimenez, you know, he he struggled. Um, He still throws it hard. He's a big man, 275 pounds. AJ Hinch comes into town. It's a new year. Um, Right at the very end of the season, Brian Garcia got four out of six save opportunities, but the guy, he only struck out a dozen guys in 21 innings, so he's not a flamethrower. So Mm -hmm. if Jimenez's mechanics gets... You know, figured out they give the job back to him. He gets his dozen saves, and then they send him along his way. You know, that's thirty seventh round. I'm I'm not going to be scared off by Brian Garcia. Okay, that's who I don't who I don't know. And if Mrs. Garcia's is watching, I, or listening, <laughs> I, I I
0: I doubt that.
1: Okay. Yeah, I hope she is thirty eighth round. Josh Rojas. Uh, you know, power and speed guy. Um. Came over to trade from Houston. Um, they, they batted him leadoff last couple of weeks of the season. Didn't set the world on fire, but Arizona's got older outfield. You know, Cole Cal, Cal, Calhoun, uh, David Peralta, this Varsho, um, their center fielder, only batted a 188. Uh, if any of those guys stuffles, um, you got a guy that. Could maybe go 15-15 if he gets playing time. 38th round, young guy. If yeah. starts off slow, they're going to try to get the young guys in. I think that's a nice pick.
0: I agree. I think that's uh, definitely definitely for where he's going. Uh, I'd be interested.
1: Here's my last one. That I'm excited by a guy named Jean Duran. He went in the 40th round. And, and to me, one of the cool things about doing draft champions is there's always a few players that are drafted where you go, I've never heard of that guy. So, you know, I, earlier today, I got on fan graphs. It turns out on Eric Long and Hangen's top 120 prospects from February, this Joan Duran was number 63, and uh, to put it in perspective, Randy a Rosarino was one, 107,
0: you know, back in well, the uh, day. Well, that's really relevant. Randy, like, compare Randy, you compare Randy Rosarina
1: to anyone. <laughs> right. So, this guy, he, and, and you look up this guy, and he's from the Dominican, he's 22, he's 6'5, 200, and he throws, he throws like nine, he throws anywhere from like 95 to 99. He's got like a 70 grade fastball. Um, he's got supposedly a good slider and, and they show you a, a 30 second video clip and this guy throws an easy 98 to 99. Um, and, and they say, and long and Hangin says, you know, he's slated to, to be, uh, you know, to be a good mid rotation starter. So, yeah, anyway, he, he
0: was a guy actually, you know what, now that you bring him up, I, he's been in my, like, he's been on my mind this year, but. I think I was getting I, – I, I just looked him up, and he, did. he, hasn't, got, he hasn't played in the majors yet. I was, I was confusing him with someone else that was also a top prospect but had struggled for the Twins when they brought him up this year. Um, I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, do, you know, do you know who I'm talking about?
1: Um, I, know I know they had a biggie, and his name's escaping me. Minnesota. Well, a couple years ago, um, guys started drafting Chris Paddock. And I had never heard of him, and you know, um, all of a sudden his minor league numbers were amazing. Steamer came out, and 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 all of a sudden I was able to uh, like draft him in the initial online championships in like the late round. So, uh, and what this guy could, you know, it could be one of these things where in July or August all of a sudden somebody goes down and they bring this guy in, and you know.
0: Yeah, no, I, I like I like that pick actually. Maybe he's a
1: Sixto Sanchez or a Tristan McKenzie, and sometimes these guys really click. Ian, Ian Anderson, you know, um, and at least now you're aware of guys in the pipeline, um, and so it's fun just to learn about a broader group of players in these draft championships, especially in the last ten rounds when they're you're, you know you're running out of. Guys you recognize. Well he's not really
0: a like a top prospect um name that like a like Ian Anderson or like a Matt Manning that that, right. that many people know about. Right. Um now it's bugging me who the other person is. I mean, yeah. Lewis Thorpe. Yes he was another top prospect and I had him I draft I was drafting him last year in these DCs and he's a guy that never turned that never panned out. Right. But um uh, he's obviously not getting drafted at all. But yeah, no um, Joan Duran if he's gonna if he has a chance to come up this year I think I agree with that. I just didn't uh, he wasn't on, you wasn't quite on my radar yet. It's,
2: right.
1: just, yeah, and it's, it's just not like I'm, you know, I'm convinced to go draft this guy, but all of a sudden you do this, there might be a dozen different rookies that you haven't heard of. And, um, you know, then a few of them may uh, join the major leagues next year. And now now you've got at least the foundation of knowledge and maybe it can help your bidding if you're in a family. Um, or maybe you strike it gold with the, uh, one of these guys late in a uh, draft
0: year. yeah th- these are the guys this is this is what I enjoy so much, and this is like this is why uh, i'm fortunate to, to talk to, to players like you get your insights on these players. We called them starting last year when I started this podcast, we called them hibernators like deep deep sleepers, so we called them the hibernators in these rounds, and this guy this, this guy definitely fits the definition I like that too. so um, I think we're gonna, we'll, we'll end it off there and we'll get to uh, watch the four o'clock games of the NFL and uh, that's right. And do what we got to do on this lovely uh, Sunday afternoon. But I uh, yeah. appreciate it. I normally I'd ask where you can, uh, where everyone can find you on Twitter. And,
1: uh, you you Maybe you can find me. You know, playing Draft Champions or in an online championship or in a main event. Come, uh, come March, hopefully. The- yeah, you, you,
0: oh, you, got, you got. You got. You got to. You got to pay. You got to pay to play. You got. You got to pay to. Got to pay the, to
1: play, and we're hoping to do live drafts in Las Vegas if we can get this COVID under a little better control here
0: yeah well i'm looking forward to drafting a lot this season and i really appreciate this was a great this is a great um this is a great conversation we have And i think it's going to be helpful to a lot of the people that play in these uh nfbc leagues and um um it was really great to meet you and uh, again i appreciate
1: it hey, keep pumping out these uh podcasts it's uh it's great for the overall fantasy baseball community
0: all right well thank you all right have a good afternoon